Hi, everybody. I hope this uh, presentation uh, is helpful to you as we prepare for an important town hall meeting. We're having weekly town hall meetings these days on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All are welcome, including guests of the church, or if you just want to learn more about Tabernacle, this is a good opportunity to come and, and to see how we're struggling and thriving in being church together and everything in between, um, like every other sister congregation out there. Um, this specific presentation is going to be pretty short and sweet. If you don't end up hitting pause quite a bit, you, you may end up frustrated because I'm not really going to spend a lot of time on the individual slides. There are 28 of them. Um, I just want to remind you that, that if you really want to go deeper, click on one of the hyperlinks that gives you access to the actual um, survey results. And I've offered more than you probably want because we have a desire for transparency. So you can click on one that has the results only pertaining to this one section. We're kind of delving out the survey results a little at a time. But you'll note we've also given you access to the full uh, survey results and then another link that gives you not only that but also with responses broken out by age but I'll just warn you uh, it is a lot of information and you're liable to be overwhelmed uh, but uh, we wanted to be sure you had access to it because we believe in transparency let's launch right in remember hit pause if I move too fast uh, we want to be respectful of time so pause lets you stare at the screen longer hit play when you're ready to move on Okay, so very quickly, uh, this is the general response that we got when we said, were you pretty active at Tabernacle before the pandemic? What I want to key in on here is, is that the majority of people that responded, the answer is yes. Uh, either official members or people that have never officially joined the church but are still very much an active part of our family, the vast majority of people that responded in the survey are active members. You'll note that there are some others that were not, and there's no judgment on that one way or the other. It's just, um, I'm going to focus on the majors here, but you'll please yeah. pause if you want to look at this a little bit more deeply. Here's a visual representation of the percentages that you just saw on the other page for those of us that need um, visual stuff um, more than the numbers, which is me, by the way. <laughs> okay, next question. All right, so how involved have you been during the pandemic? Active, um, actively engaged in the church through the pandemic? You've got a um, pretty good number. You've got about 60 people, 41% of the respondents, and then almost an equal number that said they were somewhat engaged. Uh, and everybody interpreted that in their own way, right? What does it mean to be engaged? But um, you'll note that 21 people said occasionally engaged during the pandemic, and then you had a very small percentage that says haven't really been involved in church, but um, and yet some of these folks actually took the time to fill out the survey. Most of the folks that fill out the survey, and you'll see this um, as you delve in a little bit deeper, I think, with some of the numbers, um, most of the folks that, that uh, haven't been active um, didn't complete the majority of the survey either, but they felt the need for their voices to be heard, and we're glad that they did. All right, so next question uh, that pertains more to the topic at hand for this week at the town hall meeting on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Uh, and so assuming we're able to open the building for folks to participate in worship, formation gatherings, additional hands-on ministry opportunities in September, which of the events would be likely to bring you into the building on a regular basis? That's the key here is regular. That's why I put it in all caps in the survey. Um, let me just say that since we've put this survey out, remember the key leadership of the church, which consists of the two major boards, the, the, um, much of the staff personnel, committee member representatives, some of our key Christian educators in Sunday school and small groups all gather together and have made the determination that we will not be gathering in the church building for worship 
for um, a long stretch through a minimum of the end of the Advent season, which is basically the majority of December. However, we do anticipate gathering in the sanctuary um, on Wednesday evenings, only in the sanctuary. At some point in early fall, we're not, we're not sure. There's another group doing some good work on safety protocols, and you'll hear more about that probably at the town hall meeting this week or certainly the week that follows. But um, we do anticipate stepping, people stepping onto the premises to do um, tab circles if they want to in some of the classroom spaces at different times, certainly the outdoor space like the portico and, and other areas. And then, as you know, we've already got community ministry going strong, and that's just continuing to grow. Thank you, church. Good job. Um, and then also, of course, the child care center ministry. So all of that said, we asked this question. Some things have happened since. No secrets, no surprises. With that said, let's launch in. So um, 49% of the people that responded, 69 um, people total, said, I would be a regular in worship if you had it. Um, and then you've got 40% of the folks that have said, um, I would participate regularly in a Sunday school class or a small group. So about half of us have said that, not really half of us, but half of the people that responded in the survey have said, yeah, I would be a regular. Many of these people are the same people, by the way. You had some people that checked one over the other, obviously, but a lot of those folks fall into that same category. I'm generalizing, but, is, but generally speaking, that's true. Additional hands-on ministry is a smaller number, but still significant number, 25%, 35 of the people. And then you have 41% that said, um, not realistic to think that I'm ready to participate in person this fall, but I will be participating through online opportunities. And then you had four people that said it's not likely I'll participate in person or online this fall. Here's a visual representation of what I just shared with you. Again, remember to hit pause if you want to look at stuff longer. Now, I'm not going to go through uh, any of the details here. I attempted to do that in the first iteration of the slide presentation and um, I butchered it. <laughs> so many thanks to one of our church members that pointed out uh, me kind of misunderstanding some of this. So I'm not going to even talk about it for fear that I'll just create more confusion. Um, what I want to highlight here is as important as it is that we understand that different people in different age brackets kind of have different responses that um, until Tabernacle reaches the place that we want to create unique separate churches based on age categories, is as helpful as this information is in understanding where people are coming from, it's I don't think it's overly relevant in some of the bigger decisions that we need to make related to, for example, a covenant about physical gatherings. So let's be careful that we don't get lost in these specific numbers because they're important in helping us understanding, but they could easily be used as a tool of division inadvertently, and we want to be careful with that. Tabernacle has cherished the role of intergenerational relationship building and mutuality for a long time now, and so we got to be real careful with these numbers, but transparency is important. I'm going to move on. Visual representation of results to that question based on age category. Pause if you want to look at it closely. All right, so very quickly, Summer Covenant. This was meant to be a temporary covenant. I won't give the long story with how it came to be. It's pretty obvious that we didn't do it right. Uh, next time we have a pandemic, we'll have a better idea of how to handle it. But we, we knew that our teenagers were going to be gathering in the summer and parents needed to know what they could expect in order to make a determination if their teenager would participate. 
We were hearing from different church members as groups were starting to get it together that they were having bad experiences because whereas people thought they had a common understanding, people didn't. Uh, there's, we're privy to information as pastors about people's personal struggles related to, for example, addiction or even health issues in people's lives that they've kept very private. So we determined as a pastoral staff that we needed to create a list knowing it would be controversial because we're Baptist. We believe in a priesthood of all believers. But just at the time, people things were getting very political with all of this, unfortunately, on a national scale and certainly down to even the local level with us as a church. But we knew we had to establish some common understandings. So it came down with what felt like a very heavy hand, but we made it very clear early on, this is not meant to be permanent. Let's practice and learn so that when we get through the summer and hopefully some of the dust is settled and we really can start finding a way to make some big decisions together collectively as a congregation, we'll have at least some experience to base it on. So with that said, very quickly, uh, we uh, physical gatherings to 10 persons or less. At the time, that was based on what the Commonwealth of Virginia was telling folks. We will remain six feet from another, same thing. Strive to use technology creatively to allow others to participate at our gatherings. We are a church that feel, feels pretty strongly that we shouldn't leave people behind because of limitations in their lives um, related to socioeconomic barriers or um, lack of understanding or accessibility to technology or even people getting sick. So we just wanted to lay out from the beginning, hey, if somebody can't participate, they shouldn't be made to feel like an outlier or a church member eavesdropping in on the rest of the church because they can't show up physically. So we wanted to say that out loud because we felt like it was a strong bridge uh, to keep people connected at a time when people are feeling pretty disconnected. Um, start at a designated time and end at a designated time. That's based on some bad experiences we were hearing from folks and also just to, uh, with the sensitivities related to the pandemic that people may be um, a little bit more worried about contracting or, or getting it, um, that the lack of surprises provides more uh, provides people with the ability to feel a little bit more courageous to show up if they're teeter-tottering on whether or not they should. So structure is permission giving to people that are maybe reluctant but willing to come forward if they wanted to. Um, not shaking hands, hugs or kissing and our greetings or goodbyes. Uh, we also said even elbow bumps because remember this was early June and we were still learning a lot about the virus. We still are. But it just felt like uh, from what we were hearing from church members that were going to gatherings with small groups or other types of things that um, people just naturally want to reach out to each other. <laughs> and I want to, too. But it's, it was pretty clear that it was creating an issue for folks. Um, we will bring 100 percent of our own food, beverages, plates and utensils. Same thing. Some people had a high level of comfort, others didn't, and we felt like just better safe than sorry, but we knew it was temporary and not many people were going to be doing official church gatherings anyway this summer. Um, I know that will be a big topic of conversation for us. Host is going to provide safe space for gatherings, including a ventilated restroom. We assumed that this past summer that most of the gatherings would be outside, even though we knew there wouldn't be very many. And we also know that with it being airborne, it should just be kind of be said, hey, ventilation is important. But again, moving forward, this is in the church's hands, um, not the pastoral staff's. So um, I hope you understand the spirit of why we put that in there. Um, mask, you know, that's a biggie. And you, several of you have noted that even the pastoral staff has kind of modeled different things in the last two weeks here in this 
this in-between time of summer wrapping up and moving into fall programming with what you've seen in worship. Um, mask is something that we're going to need to figure out. And what makes a church event a church event is another thing. Um, refrain from partaking of alcohol. This has been... Um, there's there's been a lot of support for this you'll see in the survey, but also a lot of people that have kind of balked at it. This is where we get into the pastoral sensitivities. I don't I don't think folks in the church have any idea how many people in the in the congregation are struggling with addiction, or are married to somebody, or have an adult child that is struggling with addiction, mostly with alcohol. There's certainly drug addiction as well. Pastoral staff and then other caregivers in the congregation are a little bit more aware. But um, I don't share this to make you paranoid by any means, because these are folks that haven't done anything wrong. They're just struggling. And until we come to the place that people feel like they can really be honest and share, it just feels like in a season when so many people are experiencing depression and anxiety, and there's already kind of a, a secret, which is I'm struggling with addiction, but don't want anybody to know it that it just out of mutual respect for each other, that we wouldn't do it. Uh, it's kind of, you know, if you want to look at a scriptural example, Paul's words to the church at Corinth with idle meat would be a good example. Like, hey, yeah, it, you could do it. You could eat, it, eat idle meat and, and, you know, God's not going to strike you down. It's just meat. But then out of the other side of his mouth, he says, but if you end up leading somebody astray by eating that idle meat because they're struggling with what it is that you're doing, you shouldn't do it. So this is one of those things that this is where submission comes in, right? Like, what do we sacrifice in order for the common good as a faith community? So I'm going to encourage folks that feel comfortable sharing stories of their addiction to come forward and share that, but but it's not the assumption that you will. I am asking that people in the church make the assumption that maybe you don't know um, all of the story, even with some of the smaller circles that you're connected with. Again, it's up to the church to make the determination as to whether or not this stays, but at least acknowledging, and I think is important. Um, and then last but not least, if you got symptoms, you should say so. Uh, that's the gist of it. Um, there's a link where you can download this if you want, or you can pause this and, and look at uh, and rewind it even if you want to look at the full list again. Almost done, I promise. I'm not going to spend much time offering commentary with anything else. I think the covenant is, here's the response. 104 people answered this question, 52 people didn't. A lot of that, I think, based looking in the comments is because there are a lot of people that just didn't know that we had a covenant or couldn't remember what it was. Um, interesting fact, uh, no judgment here, it just points to, I think, the fact that all of us are pretty overwhelmed is that the covenant's actually been on the main church website all summer long. Like it's been a prominent feature there on the main page. And yet we have a lot of people that said, I, I didn't even know that we had it or I don't know where to find it, or I've forgotten. So again, there's no judgment call on that. It's just more people are just overwhelmed, I think. But you'll have to decide if you agree or disagree. Here's the, here are the numbers connected to that graph that I just showed you. Now I'm going to be silent the rest of this video, so you're going to be using pause a whole lot, and you're going to wonder if I'm still here, but I am. <laughs> so here we go. I'm just going to share it, you absorb it, and um, pray about it, and then we'll we'll talk about some of this stuff as we get closer into the town hall meeting or at the town hall meeting. Pause, please. Pause, please. This is the end of the responses to that question.
These are comments. If you want to look in the survey, click on the comments. One thing I'll say here is, is that I did not share on the screen here in this presentation all of the comments because there's a lot of redundancy, and I'm trying to be respectful of your time should you ch choose to watch the, this recording, which if you're hearing this, obviously you did. So if you want to really look at all of them, by all means you should, but I was careful to include anything that didn't feel like it was redundant in, in sharing here what you see in the presentation. Next question. Pause, please. Pause, please. Pause, please. Pause, please. I'm redundant. Pause, please. Pause, please. Last group of comments for this question. Isn't it amazing we got all these comments? I'm thrilled. Thank you. Like it just shows how serious you all, seriously you all took the survey and are thinking about this. Thank you. Next question. I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna ask you to pause. Again, if you want to read more of this or take your time, pause, please. You'll want to pause if you want to read this slide. Pause, please. And uh, we're at the end. This is the last slide. So thanks for taking the time to watch this presentation. I really hope that you will um, dive a little deeper if you want to. I want to remind you that we've given you different options of looking at the survey. So you have one option in the hyperlinks to actually click on the results that go a little bit deeper than the one that, that you just saw in the presentation here um, just for this topic, risk threshold and the temporary summer covenant that we'll need to figure out if what, what, if, what or if we're even going to have a covenant this fall. You also have the same survey results on this specific topic, but broken out by age demographic. Again, I want to be very careful. We don't use that demographic, um, dive deeper into the numbers to be a divider in the church, uh, because we're not looking to create congregations based solely on age. Uh, the purpose of the town hall meetings is to better hear each other and try to find a way to make uh, informed, um, God-led decisions that are for the whole church. And um, but that said, if you want, if you're curious and you and you want to understand better, you can look at those numbers. And then I've also given you the equivalent of with all of the survey results, totally overwhelming. <laughs> but if you want to go there, go for it, or just let us keep parsing it out to you slowly. And then the same overwhelming thing, but even more overwhelming because we broke every question out by how people responded by age bracket. Uh, the last thing I'll say as we get ready for the town hall meeting is just a request. Pray for, pray as we get ready for the town hall meeting. The, the sole objective of that meeting is really to hear each other. It's not soapbox speeches. It's not political speeches. Uh, that's the only kind of thing that will likely shut down. Um, my job is I'm going to try to do a much better job of just being the unmoved facilitator, meaning I'm not really going to try to share my opinion on anything. I'm just going to try to help facilitate conversation with the sincere hope that people are going to actually, um, people from different, you know, groupings in the church show up so that we have a good cross-reference of thought and, um, 
And at the other side of it, one of the questions we're going to have to ask is kind of what's the next step? So we won't be making any decisions at the meeting. It's just to hear each other. If we feel like there's a good cross-representation of the church and things are, are, are clearly leaning in one direction, I mean, you already get a pretty solid idea of what you know, active congregants have said through the survey results, but as we keep building, as we, so if we look, as we look at the survey results and then hear whatever it is that we're going to hear at the town hall meeting, you know, in an ideal scenario, we, it will be a leaning toward consensus, meaning everybody that's wanted an opportunity to speak has, but it's pretty clear that we have moved in, that we're moving as a whole in this direction, even though we know not everybody's in the same place. The, the harder reality would be drawing a hard line in the sand and taking an official vote, which is how we've done things a lot in the past. There are pluses and minuses to that. But in the pandemic, we found that that's nearly impossible to do and do well. And it ends up becoming kind of divisive in the church. And so we're really hoping that we have something that feels like a consensus. If we don't, it may ultimately fall that we just either totally pause fall programming with physical person in gathering things, or we just determine that we're not going to have a covenant of any kind and that we're just going to trust that every gathering there is clarity and that if somebody's not comfortable with the clarity, they don't show up. Um, my two cents there is that that becomes divisive as well. Uh, and so I would, I'm praying that the church will reach a consensus, even if it's on just two or three very basic things, or maybe it's a longer list than what was created with the temporary version. But just I want you to know that's the goal. That's my hope. Um, and only God can make it so. Blessings, you all. Love you very much. And I really hope to see you in our virtual meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.